Please welcome your pastor as he comes to preach today's message. All right, thank you. Hey, give it up for the worship team and those watching online today, will you please? Praise the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Thank you for coming in, checking in with us, those of you watching online. Uh, we serve a good God, amen? I hope your team won yesterday. All this time, God is good. Uh, my team's been winning, so I've been in a good way. Praise the Lord. But you can't, you know, even if your team doesn't win, you still have to be joyful in the Lord. So praise the Lord. We've been studying the Jehovah's. This is week five, uh, and we'll be continuing on uh, the next several weeks. And so, um, but, you know, we, we talked about Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Nisi, our, our victor, uh, Jehovah Shalom, our peace, Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. This is going to be Jehovah Shama, who the Lord is present, and it's important that we understand the presence and glory of the Lord. Wherever God's presence is, his glory is as well. And so we're going to pray ahead of time, and then we'll dig into the, the message today on, on just the presence of God and maybe how the presence of God can affect you in your walk with the Lord. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that it's alive and it's well, Lord, and you are, uh, you are so glorious, Father. We thank you for your presence, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. We thank you that you, that you live through us and in us and, and, and long to gather more people for your kingdom. So help us today to grab your word and let it change our heart. Father, Lord, let your presence be here and let us walk in that. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said Amen. We're going to write to our anchor verse, Ezekiel 48 and 35. Uh, the first part, the circumference of the city, he's giving a description or a definition. And the name of the city from that time shall be, the Lord is there. The Lord is present. Whenever you see the Lord capitalized, mainly in the Old Testament, it's what we call a tetragrammaton. It means the presence of the Lord. And so we see this throughout the Old Testament. We don't see it as much in the New Testament because the presence of God is here in the power of the Holy Spirit where we commune together, where there's two or three uh, in, gathered together in his name, there shall he be in the middle of them. And so this is New Testament stuff. Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord or the presence of God would drop in and out. Okay, it would be with a prophet, it would be at an altar time, it would be in this realm, okay, that we're, we're walking in. So the Lord all caps, tetragrammaton, presence of God. You see that, excuse me, as you read through the Old Testament, you say, well, there's the presence of God. Wow, there's the presence of God. Wow, there's the presence of God. Wow, there's the presence of God. But in the New Testament, we're walking in the presence of God. This is the power. This is, this is what we have. And so when we see through Ezekiel, Ezekiel is maybe like our life. Our life starts off pretty good, and then there's bumps along the way, right? Mountaintops and bumps, hills and valleys. It's like, man, alive. I thought when I signed on to be a Christ follower, things would kind of level out. Sometimes they actually get a little bit worse, and it feels like 
the glory or the presence of God has left us. Well, in Ezekiel's day, we won't go to it, but in the chapters 10 and 11, the glory actually did leave the building, all right? It was, it was pulled out, and so the presence of God was not there. And where, it, where Israel had gotten used to the presence of God, now they don't have it anymore. And so Ezekiel is prophesying about the presence of God returning. So we're going to go to Ezekiel 47 for a second, read verses 1. One through six, and he says, he says, Ezekiel says, he brought me back to the door of the temple, and behold, water was issuing from below the, the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was flowing down from below, and the south of the threshold of the temple, south thereafter. Uh, the altar. Let's go to verse number two. Then he brought me up by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate and faces toward the east. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side. So quickly, God is showing Ezekiel prophetically and metaphorically for today's church, the water is starting, there's a trickle taking place, all right? And we would say, well, there's a trickle of revival or there's a trickle of renewal, there's a trickle of refreshing, that God is in our place. God is in Grace Church. God is in churches around the world. God is in your home, your family. If you're a Christ follower, God is in it, okay? And so there's a trickle taking place. And sometimes we're not sure where that trickle is going to lead to. Like if you have a, a leaky pipe, and sometimes that pipe bursts, okay? Or if it's a river, usually a river starts as a spring and that spring's just a trickle and then it gains momentum. The Bible tells us here through Ezekiel of the momentum that we're gaining as we follow Christ. Let's go on to verse number three. Going eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits and then he led me through the water and it was ankle deep. This is what we would call position. So if you're taking nice notes, write down position. My position. Position starts in Christ in my ankle deep, okay? And so I'm walking ankle deep as I've said the sinner's prayer. I've received Christ as more than Savior. I know my sins are forgiven. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm getting in the water. This is where sometimes we have a stalemate. Like we, we stop there for a moment. Right? It's like some of us stop there forever. It's like, hey, man, I said the prayer. I'm good to go. I'm not, I'm not going to uh, go any deeper in Christ. But there's so much more. But yet this becomes our, our position, right? And as our position, then we learn in Christ that, hey, I'm a new creature. If I'm a new creature, now I can go deeper. And then verse number four, and we'll look at the very first part. Again, he measured a 1,000 and led me through the water, and it was knee deep. This is our posture. So we go from position to posture. The posture is where we're at our knees, it begins to be who we are. So we, we kneel down to pray, or we kneel down to worship, or we kneel down humbly giving thanks to the Lord. That's our posture. There's a posture of, of humility there for a moment. Or there's a posture, by, by the way, a posture of, of power. And so uh, yesterday we're, we're watching our, our team and, 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 and some of the kids were able to come over. And so Jonah was, Jonah, come here for a second. Jonah's our, our grandson, our second grandson. And Izzy, Izzy, come, Izzy, come up here for a second too. So this is Jonah. Everybody say, hi, Jonah. This is Izzy. Everybody say, hi, Izzy. And Izzy, that's short for Israel, right? Your real name's Israel. So Israel, the nation, used to get in trouble. I know you don't get in trouble. I'm confident of that. But the nation Israel gets in trouble sometimes. Not you. You don't get in trouble. But the person. But the nation does sometimes. So, so Jonah 
And I, so Joan and I played the same position in football, right? But I don't play it anymore. <laughs> He's learning it. And so I like to show him posture sometimes. Like we walk around the house. He's a center. I was a center. And I'll just go like that and kind of startle him. So he called me out yesterday and he wanted to do a little one-on-one. To be honest with you, I was only going about 40 or 50%. I needed to go about 80 or 90% because he rocked my world. <laughs> like, I forgot I was in my 60s for a moment. Uh, like, he jolted me, and I'm like, oh, man, I wasn't prepared for that at all. And his arms are long, right? And he's, although he looks thin, he's got a big, strong base. And so I had to fight through it for a second. Next time, I'm going to go about 75 or 80%. So look out. I know what I'm up against now. And so Jonah and Israel play football together. And by the way, they were undefeated this year. Come on. <laughs> Conference championships, right? And so I'm going to say, I'm going to say prophetically, Future NFL players right here. Come on, man. You hear, you know it. You know it. But you got to stay humble. And you can't be like the nation. You can't get in trouble. All right? You got to be Israel, the person. So Israel, stand back here. You're going to represent the nation of Israel right here. And, Joni, you're right here. You're representing God's presence. All right? Center quarterback. This was the center quarterback in, on their team. They, they, they played together. All right? And so when... when when things come against you, even though Israel, the nation, come over here, wander over here, might wander over here a little bit. Israel, the nation, might wander over here a little bit. Come over here, Israel. <laughs> or, or through rebellion, stay there. Israel, the nation, going to be right here. And he, the best place Israel, the nation, could be, or Izzy on the football team could be, is behind the center. Why? Because the center's got the ball. So if the center's got the ball, and I, and my position or posture yesterday was when Jonah came up at me, he fully extended his arms, hit me in the chest. Now, I wasn't expecting that from a 12-year-old. And my first instinct was, <laughs> but I didn't because he's my grandson. And so, <laughs> and I didn't, want to, I didn't want him to hit me back. I, so I took the first shot. I ain't taking another one. Might be dumb, but I ain't stupid. So here's what happens when we get in God's presence. Even if we act like Israel, the nation, and we don't always do what we're supposed to do, when the enemy comes into God's presence, then God raises up like Jonah did on me yesterday. Go ahead. Let's just do a little one-on-one. All right? You ready? Um, all right. I don't know if I am. Don't push me off the... Don't push me off the platform. All right, you ready? You, you say on, on one or whatever. Oh, yeah. See, oh, per, yeah. I don't have a chance. I don't have a, chi- I don't have a chance. Kid's 12. <laughs> I don't have a chance. I will next time when I have, don't have a mic in my hand and I hit the weights again. Hear me. He ain't letting me get to him. When your posture is in Christ, it's not you fighting the battle. It's the presence of God. When the presence of God is there, there's not a devil in hell that can get to you. 
There's not a person. There's not an enemy. There's not out there. And so let's, the, the presence, I used to be taller than Jonah. Seemed like just a few weeks ago I was taller. Stand up straight for a second. I still think I'm tougher, but we'll have to prove that one. I, I used to think it. Now I have to prove it. But with, if, if I'm the enemy and I want to get through, he's going to move this way. If I'm going to move, he's going to move this way. And by the way, this guy's going to score every time he touches the ball. Why? Because first of all, he's good. Second of all, because if he's got blockers in front of him, all he has to do is follow the blocks of the line. Hear me, hear me. This is really important. We're in football season. I'm going to teach you something. If we follow God everywhere we go and we follow his blocking, then we're going to score every time we get. Now, has, has he ever fumbled? Have you ever fumbled? Did you? I don't think you ever fumbled. But you returned a kick for a touchdown, punt for a touchdown, interception for a touchdown, and every time you scored, you had your hands on the ball, it seemed like you were scoring, and you passed for touchdowns, right? So, like, that's a big deal. Like, you're good, Right? Right? But God is really good. Like the Bible says the best thing we can say about God is that he's good. Right? And, and there's a team that causes that greatness. So hear me just for a second. When everybody does their job together, the presence of God shows up. Where two or three shall gather together in his name, there will he be in the middle of them. So wherever our position is in life, whether we're sick or healthy, whether we're rich or poor, whether we're in church or out of church, as long as we follow the presence of God, we will not ever get harmed or hurt. We might get tackled. There's, there was one time where, where Izzy got tackled behind the line of scrimmage, maybe one time all year, but, but the next play maybe it was a touchdown. Whenever life seems to throw you back a curveball, know that the presence of God is going to jolt the enemy on your behalf because that's what the presence of God does. That's the posture. Give it up for these guys. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it, man. What, why, what's, so, what's so important about our posture? Well, as believers, when we're knee-deep in water, as believers, it's like uh, if you're in a swimming pool, right? I, when I go swimming, I usually, if there's a deep end, I jump right in. I want to get wet right away. I want the shock to hit me, and then I want it to, my whole body to get adjusted. Janie likes walking in, you know, ankle deep, knee deep. That is just painful, man. That is just, that is like self-torture. That's brutal, right? It's like, how many are the all jump in at one time? How many are the, I'm going to get in slowly and see y'all. I just, I just feel like y'all need prayer. That's what I feel like. It's in the body is this weird thing of getting used, like you'll get used to the water right here, right? But the rest of you are like, don't splash me. You're in the water. Don't splash me. Don't splash me. Why? Because it's cold. You're in the water. But if our posture is in the water, right, it's okay if God splashes you a little bit with his Holy Spirit. 
It's okay if he splashes you a little bit with your mercy because you're saved and now your posture, my posture is I'm going to grow in Christ. I'm going to grow in the Lord. Because then the next thing is he measured again another thousand and now he's waist deep. Now listen, when we get waist deep in a river, right, Jesus said out of your belly shall flow a river of living water. When we're, we're, when we're in... When we're in Christ, now I'm going to church faithfully. Maybe I'm joining a small group. I'm going to Grace Students Ministries. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the girlfriends. I'm going to hear the speaker. I'm growing in the Lord. Now I'm in waist deep. It's like, how, how, come, how come you're so fanatical? I'm not. I'm just getting more and more of God. I need to get more and more of God in my life. And so I went from ankle deep to, to knee deep, and now I'm waist deep. When I get to waist deep in a river, it starts to move me a little bit. I can't anchor quite as much, but that's okay. That's the, that's the spirit of the Lord that moves us, okay? And so he'll move us a little bit here, move us a little bit there. He'll train us some new things. He'll teach us some new things. And then we go to verse number five, and he says, again, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass through it, for the water had risen, and it was deep enough to swim in. Now, when we swim in the water, we have a different posture as, as, as well. We go to a different place. Now, now our place is a different level. We're not, when we swim, okay, when we swim, we're not using gravitational pull. We're not using things, so we're floating in the water. Or maybe we're actively swimming in the water. Or maybe we're flowing with the current of the water, but we're not standing there. This is the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God in our life that says, I don't understand necessarily what they're doing, Pastor. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what God's doing in my life, this feeling that I have. You've moved from knee deep to ankle, or ankle deep to knee deep to waist deep to where now you're swimming. But when you swim, different laws abide. You don't, you can't just walk in water, especially if it's too deep to walk in. You have to float, you have to swim, you have to tread water. This is the same thing with the power of God, that when his presence shows up and it defends us like Jonah would Izzy, that the, then, then we understand that, hey, if God's with us, then nobody can be against us. Even if things happen to us, God is still on our side and he's still for us. The presence of God shows up. So now I'm swimming in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to verse number six. And he said to me, son of man, do you see this? It's like, wait a second, church, are you aware of the presence of God in your life? And I'm not sure everybody is. Maybe we've not taught on it enough. Maybe we've not done a good job teaching on it. Maybe it's my fault or leader's fault, okay? We need to know that the presence of God is here. And then he led me back to the bank of the river. So what's he saying? If you'll see what God is doing, if you'll see the presence of God, if the, on a football team they're going to call a play, all right? The center, in their case, Jonah would run to the line of scrimmage first. And then as they mature in their um, in their in their uh, football abilities, then the center will start to call out different skills. You block so-and-so, you block so-and-so. The quarterback may call an audible. Maybe they're going to run the play left. He decides to run it right. Maybe they're going to run. He decides to throw. They audible, but they go with the flow. And so as you're walking in Christ, as you're and Jesus is calling your plays, you have to know sometimes, even though he's called you to go this way, he may, he may shift on you to go this way. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He changes not, but there's 
there's a lot of change in our, the one thing that's constant when you put your foot in the water is that water changes every moment. It changes every tenth of a second. It's running by you. There's a change there. So we have to be open to change of God in our lives. And as we're in the presence of God, God has the right to move us as he needs us, where he needs us, when he needs us. So that when the quarterback has the ball and he's running all over the field and breaking tackles and scoring touchdowns and doing all the things that, that the, their great quarterback did uh, during the year, it's an amazing thing that all of a sudden when you look back at your life and you see yourself here, but you knew where you were a month ago or a year ago or two years ago, and all of a sudden here, God has moved you not in a straight line, but he's moved you where his presence has been, where his presence is. So the question that I, I came up for myself was, what about, what about God's presence? Like in the Old Testament, we, saw the, we see the Lord, Tetragrammaton, the, the presence of God is here. We see what uh, this scripture says in Ezekiel 48 and 35, and there the Lord's presence is, okay? And I'm trying to think back in scriptures about a time where God's presence would show up, and I came to the book of Daniel, the, the third chapter. Um, I don't, let's try to read it, if we can, Jason, really quickly. Now, if you already are ready to hear the sound of the trumpets, I'll give you the backstory. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow down to the king's God. They had their own God, the God of Israel, that they served. And when the God of Israel uh, showed up, then the God's presence showed up. And Nebuchadnezzar was full of himself. He wanted people to bow to him. So he said, uh, "Who and who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Verse number 16. Okay, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you on this matter. Verse 17, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from burning fire, he will do so out of your hand. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship your golden image that you've set up. Verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury and he said, heat the fire up seven times hotter than it is. Verse 20. He ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fiery furnace. And these men were bound, their clothes, their tunics, their garments, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace. First, and he said, because the king's order was urgent, the fire overheated, the flames of the fire killed the men who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in. Verse 23, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they fell bound into the furnace. Verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men in and bound the fire? And they answered, yes, king, that's true. And he answered and said, but I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the Son of God. <laughs> now think about that for a moment. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, hey, if it doesn't work out, we're still going to worship our God. See, sometimes our posture of kneeling is only if we want something our way. Our posture of kneeling should be, I need it your way, God. I don't want it. My, I'm tired. My way keeps messing up. I want it your way, God. I want you to call the plays. I want you to be the quarterback. I want you to be the center. I want your presence to show up, and I want you to jolt me just like Jonah did yesterday. I want God's presence in my life so that when he's there, I'm there, and I'm in his presence with him. 
And that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the presence of God showed up at the fiery furnace. There's another walk. We sang it. There's another walking in the fire. So then I thought, well, let me see where else God's presence showed up. And I found a book on our, on our, in our library where uh, it's an old book written 70 years ago. And Janie was upstairs getting ready for bed, and I was just uh, hanging out in our family room, and I thought, That's a, I, I, I need to read some of that book. And so I, I started reading, and I saw different places where God's presence showed up. Let me read a couple of them to you. So who is, where is God's presence? Who is this fourth man, just like he was in Daniel? He is the seed and the woman in Genesis. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our great high priest. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he's the lawgiver. In Ruth, he's the redeemer. In Job, he's the everlasting one. In Psalms, he's our shepherd. In Proverbs, he's our wisdom. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch. In Lamentations, he's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the four-faced man. In Joel, he's the baptizer of the Holy Spirit and fire. In Nahum, he's the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he's the evangelist crying out, revive the works of the midst of them. In Zephaniah, he's our savior that dances over us. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness. Who is the presence of God in the fourth man? In Matthew, he's the Messiah. In Mark, he's the wonder worker. In Luke, he's the son of God. In John, he's the son of man. In Acts, he's the Holy Ghost. In Romans, he's our justifier. In Corinthians, he's our sanctifier. In Ephesians, he's our unsearchable riches. In Colossians, he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Thessalonians, he's our soon coming king. In Timothy, he's our mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's our faithful pastor. In Philemon, he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he's the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, he's our great physician. In Peter, he's our chief shepherd. In John, he's our love. And in Revelations, he's the king of kings and the Lord of all glory, the bright morning star and the lily of the valley. Can you stand for a moment and give the Lord a shout of praise? He is worthy today. He's ever present in time of help. He's with you wherever you're coming in. He's with you going out. He's with you when you're on the mountain. He's with you on the valley. He is God. And he shocks the enemy on your behalf. Why is that important? Because so many people will say, well, I tried God or, or God has left me. God has never left you. He will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. He is your everlasting friend. He's your partner. He's the lover of your soul. When we recognize the spirit of the living God, that he dwells with us, that he's our prince of peace, he's our mighty God, he's our everlasting father, he's wonderful, he's counselor, he's the presence of God, the, the one who spoke this world into existence, wants to hang out with you. We all want to hang out with superstars. Politicians. We all want to hang out with rich people. We want to. We all want to hang out with people, the elect, the person who created the world, wants to hang out with you. He wants to be present with you. He wants to be that gift. I know some of you raise your hands for salvation. Others are praying for the power of the Holy Spirit. Another way of, of uh, allowing ourselves to be in God's presence is by taking communion. So I'm going to ask for those who are helping us with the communion elements uh, today, if you'll just come forward and we can we can pass out the, the elements together. 
uh, when you get the elements, if you'll just grab one, take it, pass it down, hold on to it. It's got a couple tabs on it. Just lift it up. When we observe communion together, we're a community. Then the presence of God is, is ushered in. And as the presence of God is here, that's what happens when, when we see healing. We see miracles. We see, we see deliverance. We see things take place. And so they're going to start passing it out. Just pass the bucket down and back. And they'll work their way back when you get it. Open it. Open the two pieces, the top part for the wafer, the bottom part for the, for the juice. And it represents the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Brings healing in our body. Why? Because it represents the presence of God. Jesus said, when you do these things, do it as unto me. Do it in remembrance of me. So I'm going to pray because Paul said to examine ourselves so that we're sure in ourselves that we are, we are taking this communion together, but we're taking it in forgiveness of anything that we may have done, any, any lack in our life where we've not been faithful, or if we've, not, we've, we've doubted God, or we're, we need to forgive this for, for something maybe that we've done. So I'm going to pray. You examine yourself as a scripture says. Grab your communion in just a moment after the song. We'll come up and together we'll pray and take communion as one. And we'll, we'll ask the presence of God just to be here like he already is. Father, we thank you. Lord, help us to examine ourselves. Help us to know, Lord, that we're not failures in you. The righteous man falls seven times but gets up every time. Lord, our failure is not in falling. Our failure is not getting back up. We thank you, Jesus, that you took a cross that you did not have to. You bore it for us. So I pray in Jesus' name today, Lord, that, you're, that you would, you, your blood would cover every single person here. Lord, that we would ask for forgiveness, restoration, renewal, with your power, Lord, to, to get us through things in our life that maybe aren't going as well as we thought. Maybe our life took a turn. Lord, we ask you to bring us back. You are the redeemer, Lord, that Job talks about. You're the redeemer that Esther and Ruth talk about, Father. We pray right now, Lord, that you would, you would help us, Lord, to during this next song, just to examine, Lord, who we are, but also imagine life without you, Lord, that you would restore us back to that place. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hang on to your elements. We'll take them together. God bless you. Well, the perfect Son of God in all his innocence, in walking God. 
going to go ahead and bless the bread, the little wafer. Jesus took the bread on the night that he was betrayed, on the night that he went to go die for us on the cross, and he broke it. So I, I like to break it just to remember the body of Jesus that was broken for us. And I want to bless this, and I want to think about the wholeness that we can receive because of the brokenness of Jesus' body. Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to take the wrath of God, to take the punishment that we deserved. Lord, we thank you that you made a way where there seemed to be no way. We thank you for the broken body of Jesus Christ so that we can live a whole life with perfect communion with you, God. I ask that you'd bless this bread as we eat it in remembrance of your suffering and your body broken for us. Let's take the bread. On the night he was betrayed, he took the cup as well. And he blessed the cup. And he blessed the cup for us. He blessed the cup so that we have a new covenant. The cup represents the covenant that we have that was blood-bought. And so now we receive Christ. We're blood-bought. We're, we're victorious warriors in Christ Jesus. So we're going to bless the cup and then we'll take it together. Father, thank you Lord, so much for the cup that represents the blood of the new covenant. Thank you for that, that one drop of blood covers all of our sins. That we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Lord, those that need healing today, those that need victory today, those that need, uh, by the Lord, just a restoration, a redemption today. Lord, let this be that fulfilling moment as we commune together as your presence is here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take the cup together. How many glad you came to church today? 
What a good service. You know, we believe and we're thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ and the body of Jesus Christ. But I just don't want to leave on that note. I want to leave on the note that says, we serve a risen Savior. How many of you believe that Jesus is alive? And because he lives, we have a hope that we can make it through anything. So we're not done today. We're going to go outside and have some fun. There's uh, food and all kinds of great stuff. Don't forget to sign up for the Girlfriends event. We want to know that you're coming. Remember, if you made that decision to live for Jesus Christ today, we want to help you with the next steps, get you plugged into a New Believer small group, give you some resources. So make sure you take that next step. We'll see you at the VIP booth. And I just want to close in a word of prayer and just ask God to finish what he started in each one of us let it grow inside. Lord, we thank you for the seed that was planted in each one of us. Lord, the Word of God, I pray that it grows in us. Lord, I thank you for your presence that is with us. Lord, you said you are very present in our time of need. So I pray that those that are in need here today would walk out of here knowing that they are not walking out of this place alone, but they are surrounded by the presence of God, and they have a body of Christ, this church, that is upholding them. Lord, we thank you that because you are with us, we have no reason to fear, but we can walk in faith because of the presence of God. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do in our lives, in this church, and in this community. I pray that you'd go out of here with the power of the Holy Spirit, filled with faith to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you outside. Have a great rest of your day.